Welcome to another episode of Rough Talk VR, a weekly podcast with in-depth game reviews, exclusive developer interviews, and the latest Oculus Quest news. We join our hosts, D Scruffles and Stratus2k1 today as they spend another episode breaking down and discussing the Oculus Quest virtual reality world. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Rough Talk VR. Today we're joined with one that I'm, I'm excited. I'm, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. stoked for this. Uh, who doesn't love Blade and Sorcery, right? It's a game that launched with a bunch of hype, and today we're getting to talk with the community manager, The Baron. So, my friend, do you mind to introduce yourself a little bit to our guests, and in case somehow they don't know what Blade and Sorcery Nomad is on the Oculus Quest, can you tell us a little bit about what the game is? Yes, thanks a million uh, for having me. Uh, I'm The Baron. Uh, most people would know me as a community manager of Blade and Sorcery. I'm also the producer of the game. And uh, Blade and Sorcery is a, uh, a, phys- a fantasy physics sandbox game uh, that's available for Steam and Oculus. And then we just recently launched uh, the Quest standalone version called Nomad. Uh, so we had a, a big uh, uh, load of fans who were really excited about that because people have been dying to get the game on a Quest for years now. So that's been really exciting. So... I'm going to I'm going to jump right into some some stuff right here. It's it's I mean it's one of the most successful games in the Oculus store right now, I believe. I was looking back at when we reviewed it, which wasn't that long ago. The yeah. the ratings for the game have absolutely skyrocketed. So I mean everybody seems to be I can't go into um Reddit without seeing a, a <laughs> shit ton of blade and sorcery stuff. So yeah. <laughs> what were the, what, there was a lot of like hype for the game. There was a lot of people saying, I believe on Reddit that it's never going to come to the Oculus. You can't do it. <laughs> it's not powerful enough. Yeah. Um, what were the, the, the biggest challenges that you might be aware of, of actually getting that game uh, ported over to the, the Oculus set? Yeah. Oh man. It was madness. By the way, I just wanted to tell you guys, I, I listened to that uh, review you guys did and I thought it was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Because uh, I really enjoyed that uh, it wasn't even just a review of the game. You guys really went into some real good, juicy detail about Blade and Sorcery as like a philosophy too, which I really enjoyed. But anyway, I digress. Um, but for the port, um, yeah. So for years, years and years, we were saying to people, this isn't going to happen because it was just too, too crazy. And then uh, I don't know if you guys remember, this is kind of old history now, but we had an update, U- U8. And uh, the game had... On PC, it had gotten significantly bigger, uh, but it suffered major performance problems. And it required that we kind of returned to the drawing board on some of the systems, especially the characters, and redo them. And it was a pain. It was really, really unfortunate. Uh, we got kind of badly review bombed around then. And uh, it took about six months. But then finally, along came U9, and the performance was majorly improved. And so that was like, oh, this is nice. Then when it came to doing Dungeons, which was U10, uh, the performance was working so well uh, and we'd managed to get Dungeons up and running that it was kind of like, maybe this will be possible on the quest. So we we still didn't say anything because we didn't want to hype anyone up for no reason uh, or make promises we couldn't keep. So we kept telling people, no, look, just don't even think about the quest. So then anyway, when it came to doing the, uh, the tests on the quest, we found that the original quest one, it was literally impossible. Like, it was a... the game would be so watered down uh, that it just wasn't even worth doing. Do you know what I mean? So 
what changed there was when we realized, well, what if we just don't do the quest? <laughs> you know? What if we do quest two and just skip right over the quest, which sucks for you know quest one players, but that was truly the only way to do it. So we started looking at the quest two, and it was like, God, this is this is this might be possible. You know, we're, we're definitely getting frame hits, uh, but there's something that could be workable here. You know what I mean? And uh, so that was another big piece of the puzzle. And then the final piece of the puzzle was uh, like, <clears throat> we had to look at it and we had to say, okay, well, if we flatten out Blade and Sorcery so that it works in the quest, man, you're going to piss off a whole lot of PC VR fans. And not, not just that, but that sucks. You know, because it's like the, the, the PC is, it's, it's my first love and uh, you would just be losing so much, you know. Um, so we didn't like that idea and we weren't willing to do that idea. Uh, so then, you know, we had a lot of conversation about it. I was like, well, what if we split this? What if this is a separate game? And uh, it was just kind of like when we realized we could do it, it was like, well, can we do this without hurting the PC roadmap? You know, can we do this without adding development time? Um, what is the Quest game going to look like? Is it still going to be a wordy enough game for Quest pl- players to play? You know, it's not the same as PC VR, but it, 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 will it be a good game for the Quest? And um, that's how it kind of came about. So, so that, was, that was it. That was all the Jigsaw pieces. So we're like, fuck it, well, let's split this as a new game. Uh, it'll be a sister title. It's going to follow the PC VR roadmap as closely as it can, but no promises because we don't want to uh, screw over the PC players in any way. So like, we're not nerfing anything in the PC development. Um, and yeah, we just did it. And then it was like, we just thought it would be funny then to... Uh, um, to launch it without, you know, no bells and whistles. So we had the PC U10 coming up and, you know, we were really adamant that we were like, okay, look, we don't want to announce Nomad while U10 is just about to come out because, first of all, the PC players are hyped, so we don't want to take the wind out of anyone's sails with just like, oh, another announcement. So we were like, let's launch U10. We'll make sure it works good, make sure that everyone is happy. And if everyone is happy, then we'll launch Nomad, like really close after it. And people will be like, what the hell? And that's exactly what happened. It was so great. Launched U10 on PC. Uh, players were really loving dungeons and stuff. Like everyone was happy. And I was like, okay, well, more good news. You know, Quest players can now jump in. Uh, and guess what? There's dungeons in the Quest too. And that was just great. And then we, you know, we, dro- we dropped the trailer and it was like, by the way, it's also out like next week. That was great. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was going to comment on that. You guys, you guys did that great with Facebook Connect. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, nobody believed that this was going to happen. Then no, boom, you yeah. dropped the trailer. The, the I, the arguments were real that there's no way i mean people had some we talked about it on uh the review i think that the passion that the people had to say it couldn't be done just in itself <laughs> and then boom yeah. it came out of here so, it comes yeah we just thought that'd be so funny um and i mean anyone who was saying it would not be possible cannot blame them at all because i mean for three years i was saying that <laughs> you know my our, our twitter was just like if you look at my twitter inbox it's just like 20 messages a day is this coming to Quest? Is this coming to Quest? Am I saying a copy and paste answer? Which, by the way, this was crazy to me. Did you guys notice that about a week before Nomad dropped, there was like a someone posted a Reddit thing and it was like, hey, I talked to someone on Twitter and they said that it may be possible to come to Quest. And then all these rumors start going on about the Quest version. I tell you something, that was a complete coincidence because I've been using that copy paste answer for like three years. So I don't know. It's just an amazing coincidence that around the time we really were launching the quest that this rando on reddit uh, posted about it and then his prediction came true pure coincidence that was but what an amazing timing 
No, that that's awesome. Um, so once you guys made the decision that all right, we're gonna go quest two, we're gonna do this. How long did it take? Was it six months? Uh, right. Let me see. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was about that. Yeah, it was about six. Six. Hmm. I actually kind of forget. It was at least six months though, because um, it also had a pretty lengthy uh, Oculus QA uh, period. So you know the way there's uh, there's games of the Quest and then there's App Lab. You know those guys. You know that kind of. Oh yeah, we're 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 big fans of App Lab, but unfortunately, you get kind of limited on visibility. That's kind of why we're so vocal on it 100 percent, and it completely sucks because it's just real great games on there just games that are like from developers who are friends of ours some of the best games on the store oh totally they're they're store worthy games and they're stuck totally 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 um but there you go that's that's the problem so the problem is that um oculus are pretty choosy uh about the games that come on quest and um uh, they go to because they put a ton into their qa uh so like there was a team like you know what i mean working on like an Oculus team uh, worked on Blade and Sorcery for, uh, I, can't, I can't remember how long it was now, but, but it was like months. And, you know, every day, like this full team are just like doing QA on it. It's crazy. Like, uh, but I guess that's why Oculus are so kind of picky about what goes on Quest and what goes on App Lab, because App Lab doesn't have that. So it's kind of like more as as is kind of thing, you know. So. Yeah, the whole the whole app lab situation. We've talked in uh, almost every episode. It's it's heartbreaking because yeah, every game we review from App Lab is a yeah. store worthy game that is worth every yeah. penny. But you know, some of them do get the jump, and they you know they're it just I don't know. We always say it would just be yeah, easier yeah. if there was a button people could find these these games easier than word of mouth. Yeah, or, and and no giant warnings when you click on the app. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like it's some gonna destroy your machine or something. Yeah, like you can use yeah. a virus. I know it's it's like I I I really like App Lab and and it the only thing I would want to change about it is just make it more visible. That's that's it. Just so that it's not as hidden, buried, you know, you can't search them in a the store and it's just specifically looking for them and the, yeah, I definitely I definitely feel bad for, for people who are kind of grappling the app lab situation. Yeah, it can the the struggle's real. <clears throat> When the the but regardless, I'm shocked that you guys actually had to jump through the. I mean, I guess they're consistent with everybody, meaning Oculus. Mm-hmm. But you know the. I would say so there's much like hype. A, there's a cult following to the game. I mean, I'll just say it as it is. It's like people mm-hmm. are very, no, very passionate, especially the PC players. Um, definitely. So I and I mean, it, I, I'm sure Oculus were probably looking at it too. Like the market is there because you know what I mean. Like everyone is asking for it. All the time is coming to quest, is coming to quest, coming to quest, coming. So they probably just saw it that way too, you know. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what's what's the reception and the growth been for you guys since you launched on the quest? You guys, you, you spoke on being very careful to not upset your upset your diehard mm-hmm. PC VR fan mm-hmm. base. So, have you overall kept them happy? Have you seen a a huge influx of new people to your subreddit, your mm-hmm. your discords? Uh, what's their growth been like? Man, it's and has been- it been mostly positive or a little a little mixed? Definitely, definitely mostly positive. Um, so for PC, uh, yeah, overall PC players are, are, are exact same as they were. I think very happy. I, I, um, I think overwhelmingly uh, there was happiness that we split the games. That's the first big one. Yeah, that's a and, good decision. Uh, yeah, and it's like um, the reason so many developers right now are flattening their games out to Quest is it's not rocket science. It's that for the first time ever, developers are able to make money off VR because the quest. I mean, that's that's sad but true. It's 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 a more uh, 
financially sound than PCBR. So I, I, as much as I can't stand, you know, games that are getting flattened out on the Quest, I understand it for the developer's sake. It's like, we got to do this or we sink. And so, you know, I have, I have sympathy. We were coming from a, a, a very lucky and uh, privileged position that we had, had the option to say, hey, we can split this because we have the resources to do it, you know, and, and uh, split our team and have like new hires that are going to work on this and stuff. Uh, but, you know, not every studio is in that luxury kind of, uh, you know, situation. So so that's, that's the thing. So anyway, the PC players, are, we're loving that. That was great. There was, you know, one, there's always one or two skeptics who think um, the worst, you know, and they think, uh, oh, you know, you're changing direction now to Flanders. It's like, man, how many times can I say this before it's just I'm repeating myself? So, you know, you always have skeptics, but I think we've proven that this is not the case. Um, so that's good, those guys. And then for the Quest guys, I mean, they were just so happy to have the game of the Quest. And we made it like really clear from the start to like, hey, look, this is a good Quest game but this is not PC VR. And if you're trying to compare PC VR and Quest, just, you know, go home because it's just, they're two very, like it's a mobile headset, you know? And we, we squeezed every drop out of it we could, but at the end of the day, you're talking about a mobile headset versus a, you know, beefy PC, you know, decked out specs. It's just not going to be the same. And, and it's been amazing. The Quest players are like, yep, we get it. That's like, that's yeah, I think I, I think for people like me and Stratus, we're just happy that we're able to experience yeah, it standalone. I, I can't afford the right. Yeah, the we're not freaking P- Alienware PC and yeah. And, un- unfortunately, we're not PC VR players just because we don't have the the huge really? decked out yeah. ga- gaming rig. So for us to be able to experience this is is huge. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't see anything wrong with the. No, I saw some complaints about like frame dropping yeah. or anything, but I personally did not experience it. That's that's awesome, and I mean, it was exactly for people like you. It was for people that don't have PCs. It's like, sure, I would love to play play Blade and Sorcery on like the highest spec that's completely possible. But what if I just literally don't have that? It's like, well, okay, well, here's a second option, and this is this is made for the Quest. So it's like, uh, it's not just a flattened out game. It's actually made it for the Quest, and uh, this will run on your specs. So is it really any different than if you had a PC, uh, but you don't have a great graphics card and you have to play a game on like medium graphics or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's exactly. It's kind of that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not bitching. So, I have no, <laughs> yeah. I really don't have any complaints. Yeah. So something I'm dying to ask, you mentioned new hires for the, the nomad version and everything like that. <laughs> How many people work on this game? Oh man. Cause it's, it's changing so rapidly. Cause actually we have like three people starting uh, next week. <laughs> so, so uh, whatever the number is, we get to add it by three. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think well, it's approximately 20 now, I think. I could be wrong about that, but I think it's approximately 20. But it's, that includes me and Cosby, and it's a little bit deceptive, though, because we had a lot of people who worked kind of like contract-based or part-time. Like, we have one guy who's working, like, literally one day a week. Uh, so it's not like 20 busy bees, you know. Just yeah, not 20 full-time. So, 20 is yeah, respectable, yeah. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I, I think in full time, including myself and Cosby, uh, I think there's about what is there one, two, three, four, five. I'm probably forgetting something. So uh, six or seven, I think, okay. working full time. Yeah, that that's fair. That's a yeah, that's a yeah. good sized VR team. We're, we we yeah. talk to a lot of lot of teams Singles. that are yeah one, one to five two. is what we see a lot. One to right. five. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that makes total sense. And like I say, it was just, we were just real lucky because, you know, the PC pl- uh, players, uh, 
you know, who supported us so greatly during uh, the early days. I mean, that that gave us the resources, you know, we needed. And so real lucky. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's going really good. And it's like we're, we're entering like a new stage for Warp Frog, the studio. And like we're getting into like a, you know, a stage I just never even thought of, like HR and stuff like, <laughs> like, like ha- having like interviews with people and, and having employees. And oh, yeah, uh, at a certain weird. point. It becomes yeah. it becomes like realer than real, you know. Yeah, Cor- it's very, corporate. Very weird. Yeah, very weird. Um, and everyone is remote, so we got people all over the world. You know, there's uh, uh, you know, it's me uh, in in the states, but uh, we've got a guy in Wales. You know, there's France, guy in Japan, Australia, uh, Brazil. I think it was as uh, one, and just dotted all over. It's really really cool. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, 2022 is a great time. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it all kind of worked out with the shift to remote. I mean, that kind of just worked in our favor. Like, it's just going to happen like that. Well, it's more cost efficient than moving everybody to one studio. Oh, yeah, and everybody living in, you know, some high-end place. or Getting at each other's nerves because you see each other in the office all day. Like, (laughs) oh, my God, I'm so sick of this guy. I don't want to see Jim again. He leaves his coffee stains everywhere, (laughs) and I'm just so sick of it. I'm yeah, just amazed I'll, that people can work remotely and all the puzzle pieces can come together at the end of the day and it, it works, you know, that's the part. Yeah. That. Well, we're, we're very relaxed about it. Like we, we like myself and Cosby, um, you know, we had plenty of jobs before Warfrog. And so we're trying to do something a little bit different. Like we don't believe in like micromanaging people. We don't believe in uh, like just being on anyone's back. So we just kind of let everyone do their own thing and, and, you know, trust they're doing a good job because, uh, we we hope that we've hired the right people, and um, so yeah, everyone can just work on their own time, you know, do do their own thing, and then we all just uh, collect on Discord and exchange, you know, what's been worked on, uh, you know, what are you working on, what are you working on? Uh, okay, these things are ready. Can they go to the next step and stuff like that? But we're not big on like, you know, just uh, like backseat driving people. Oh, so for that reason, we really want to have like the most passionate people on the team because. The most passionate people will be eager. You know, they'd be excited. They'd be like, hey, look what I did. And then everyone's like, that's awesome. And, you know, so that's that's what we're really trying now with hiring. I think that's freaking so. cool. By you're the way, gonna... do, you know what's, do you know what's mad? The, the maddest thing is there was a Warp Frog studio, a physical location. It lasted about one week and then COVID <laughs> happened the next week. Aww. So the, the studio shut down. So they moved all the computers into the studio. It was in France. And there was about three French employees, and it's if like one or two actually moved to the town that Cosby's from, like actually like drove across France to be in his town because you know this is where they're going to work. And then God, like the next week, the studio shut down. I was like, that's that's, so, yeah. I, I, you know, it sucks, but looking at the big picture, you know, yeah, maybe maybe it worked out for the better for yeah what was able it. to be done. So that's I mean, it, yeah. And yeah. you got people working for the the company that actually are passionate about the the game yeah. so they're probably working double yeah. the the amount they would if they're totally yeah totally it's like with the time zones everyone's all over the place and i always feel so bad whenever i message someone because i'm the worst time zone because i'm a uh, pst but i'll message someone and uh they'll message me right back and then i'm like oh my god it's like 7 p.m my time what is it their time in france <laughs> you know like and i always feel so bad you know when i forget that because i i hate those bosses that like uh you know, message on a Saturday or something like that at work. It's like, it's the last thing you want to do is talk about that. But, uh, they're, you know, everyone's always cool about it. But I always feel really bad about that. All right. So I got a, a how did you actually get involved 
with Warfrog? Like what what brought Myself? you to that? Yeah, and what's your background in gaming too? Like how how yeah, exactly that. How did you get involved in the Yeah, what the was the process to it's a crazy story. Uh, it's a crazy story. I'm ready. So, so okay, brace yourself. So, um, let me see how far back can I go with this. Uh, I guess I'll start here. So, I moved across country to uh, California uh, for no reason other than I just wanted to try something new. And so, me and my, my friend and my girlfriend, we moved across country. Uh, we didn't have any jobs lined up. It was the craziest thing I'd ever done. And we just arrived in California. And I was an editor, a video editor by trade. That's my profession. And that's why I do all the trailers and stuff. Um, And uh, showed up in Los Angeles and then realized there's a million video editors out here. (laughs) Like no one is going to hire me because everyone is a video editor. Uh, And so that was really hard. So, So when you're unemployed and living in Los Angeles where your rent is like, you know, almost three grand, there's nothing quite like that to light a fire underneath you, you know? <laughs> so uh, I was like, God, how do I make money? How do I make money? How do I make money? So I used to review stuff for Amazon and then that shut down. They stopped, they stopped that practice. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll start a new review service, but this time I'll do video games. Why not video games? Like I love video games. So I was like, I'll review steam games and I'll make a, uh, a puppet show about it. Uh, Cause I used to have this old, uh, puppet kind of podcast show I used to do with my friends so I had this puppet just sitting there I was like I'll do I'll do a puppet because I I don't like being on camera so I was like this will be my thing a steam review channel uh with puppets <laughs> so so that's that was that that was grand and I did that for about uh one year two year scraping by on like uh ad revenue for my YouTube channel and stuff and it was really 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 hard and uh you, the one thing you'll find is that when you're kind of like a smaller guy, no big dev wants to hear you or talk to you. You know, they they want they want to sit, they want to give keys out to like, you know, PewDiePie and stuff. Guys with like millions of, of subs. So when you're like a little YouTuber, uh, you kind of are just scraping from the, the the bottom. You know, reviewing the games that no one's ever heard of and stuff like that. Uh, so I made my little niche was finding these little games that no one's ever heard of. Uh, that are awesome. That was my little thing. And it was going to be an anti-hyperbole, uh, anti-sensationalist, like no clickbait YouTube channel. That was my, that was my shtick too. Because I'm a little bit older and I, I hate that, uh, that kind of like culture with like young YouTubers. Um, so I was doing this for about two years. And then I was on Reddit one day and uh, I saw this uh, thread and it was a guy who was bemoaning like, uh, God, there's no good vr melee games like what's the deal with that and i completely agree everything before blade and sorcery to me felt like wiggle sword you know like where you just it's weightless <laughs> and it feels like you're flapping a feather around no physics it's, no physics so so i, I, so I was you know, reading this thread whatever and then down the thread was a little comment uh, by cosby and he said uh i'm making a game and it's uh like a fantasy medieval game and it has like a kind of unique take on uh you know melee combat and uh, and the guy was, and I don't want to be mean because so, sometimes I tell the story and I feel like I'm being a bit mean about it because uh, maybe I'm taking the guy up wrong. But the guy was like a little bit un- ungrateful, you know, un- or ungracious in his reply to Cosby. And he was like, uh, something, I'm paraphrasing, but he was something like, like, sorry, I don't play indie games or something like that that aren't on Steam or something, like that. <laughs> so, something like that. Yeah, it's a little bit ungracious because Cosby was like, you know, if you want to try it, here's, I'll give you a key. 
Uh, and so, um, and then Cosby was like, it is on Steam and stuff. And the guy was like, said something like, well, you know, it better be good or something like that. Or it's just something like English. So I just slipped in. I was like, hey, like I'm a little VR YouTuber. I love finding hidden gems. I was like, I'll play your game. And he's like, great. <clears throat> so he sent me a key. This was in 2018. This was about summer 2018. Sent me a key and I played it. And the first thing I saw was uh, the way it used to be in the old days. You used to start off looking in the mirror. And I looked, you know, you're looking at your own avatar in the mirror. And you're moving your arms. You can see the avatar moving his arms. I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's really cool. That's, that's neat. You know, that's neat. And then I picked up a weapon. I was swinging it. I was like, oh, just like kind of like a little bit of kind of physics lag and stuff. And I was like, that, that's cool. That, that's really neat too. And then I went into the arena. And I just remember that first enemy coming out. And they looked real PlayStation 2 graphics back in the day. But the first enemy came out. And I remember stabbing the guy. And I was just like, oh, my God. It was like nothing I had ever experienced before. It was the, the, the tactile sensation of it. You know what I mean? It, it was almost like you had feedback. The blade goes in and it kind of, oh, it's just, I just had never seen anything like it. And I was just blown away. And then when I was messing with the you know swords, I was like, how find the hitbox? I just, and, and you got to remember too, this was 2018. There was nothing like this back then, okay? Because even, uh, even Boneworks, which is probably the closest thing to Blade and Sorcery, Boneworks had not been announced. Uh, they were in development themselves, but they had not announced it. And they had no interaction with Blade and Sorcery and vice versa. So it was a year later when Boneworks came out. So you're talking, this was cutting edge for the time. And you had Nim Sony, but the same thing. It was like, he wasn't really uh, out there pushing, uh, pushing uh, his game and stuff. So yeah, this was revolutionary to me. So I fucking ran back to Discord and uh, messaged Cosby straight away. And I was just like, mate, I was like, this is, you have something. Like, this is special. And uh, if you know, if you know Cosby, um, he's kind of, he's a very humble guy and he's not really big into publicity and he's not big into, you know, you know, blowing his own trumpet and stuff. So uh, he was like, ah, oh, thanks. It's, you know, it's not, it's not done. There's so much to do. And then uh, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, I remember saying to him, I was like, please, let me, let me, let me advertise this for you. Let me put it on my YouTube. Let me, I was like, I'm a small little YouTuber, but I was like, let me push this out there. And he's like, nah, 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 nah. Like it's not, it's not ready. And, and I, and I said to him, I was like, I've, I've played so many indie gems and they've all had the same issue where they don't have marketing. And it's like, they have this amazing game. And then it's like, they don't do any marketing. They launch thinking that everyone's going to flock to them when they launch the game, but it doesn't work like that. So they launch and straight out the gate, they tank. And then they're doing the cash-up. They're trying to they're trying to mark it after the game's release. And it's like, I was just begging them. I was like, please. I was like, don't make the same mistake. I was like, you have something so, so, so special. And man, I, I badgered them for about three months, I think it was. Like, uh, I was super active in the Discord. We had a private beta Discord or a alpha Discord. And I was like one of the main guys giving feedback in this game because I was just obsessed with it, just playing and playing and playing and playing. And then finally, after about three months, convinced him. And uh, he's like, okay, he's like, you can do a little Reddit thread and, uh, you know, you can post some screens and stuff like that uh, and uh, some loops. And I was like, brilliant. So I think it was about end of summer 2018. I posted my Reddit thread. I posted on uh, the subreddits Oculus and uh, Vive, I think it was. And it blew up. It went super nuclear. And I had so many like inboxes that day. It, uh, hit the front page of Reddit. Everyone was like, you know, taking uh, the, the, the images of it and like spreading it and stuff like that. 
And the number one question of everyone was like, when the hell is this out? Like, I want this. And I was so vindicated. And I remember Cosby was just so, he was, I think that was the first time he really saw he had something special too, you know, because the amount of people who wanted this. And um, the way I pitched it to everyone too was that um, uh, full melee physics. That was the that was the sales pitch for me. And I was like, this game has, because I needed a way to sum up what this crazy experience was. You really need to play it to understand it. But, but my way of doing it was like full melee physics. And then people are like, well, what is full melee physics? And, you know, why, why doesn't every game have it? And stuff like that. And then, uh, and that's, that's how it went from there. And so um, then I started reviewing it on my YouTube. Um, and the, the situation there was, um, you know, Blade and Sorcery is one of those kind of games that you can just completely pimp out on YouTube. Like uh, you could clickbait it to the high hills. Uh, you, could, you could run the most sensational stuff. And by the way, YouTubers do. Like, you know, like thumbnails that are nothing to do with the game, but enough to make you click on it. And, all that junk, all that junk I hate. So I had said to Cosby at the time, I was like, it, I was like, if you're not real big on publicity and you don't care about that either way, let me do it. Let me cover the game. My whole shtick is that I'm not going to pimp it out. Like, I'm going to be honest. I call it my warts and all policy, which is like, this is the problem in the game, but it's being addressed. Like, you know, we're, we're going to fix that. So, um, yeah, so I covered it on the game and, and uh, we didn't, let any other YouTubers play during the during the, uh, the early days, and that drove some people crazy because we had we had uh, YouTubers who were in the millions of subs, and they were coming and saying, "Hey, you know, like, what's up? Like, uh, I'll take a copy of that game." And then we were like, "No, nah, sorry, like, it's not for a view yet." And they were like, "Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, do you not realize I have like a million subs?" And we were like, "Yeah, but you know, we're not doing it that way. We're doing it a different way." And it drove some people crazy. And like some people, you know, are saying like, well, what's up with this little pirate puppet guy <laughs> with his thousand subs? Like, how come he's reviewing it? Um, but our whole thing was we didn't want to uh, pimp the game out. We didn't want to lie about the game. We didn't want, we didn't want a rev- uh, any YouTuber to accidentally create false hype about the game, you know? And we wanted to be honest. And so then this kind of had a strange kind of uh, effect because then when the game did go live in beta, every YouTuber in the world wanted to play it because it was like the rarest substance for them, you know. So everyone wanted to dive on it. So then we just had this explosion of, uh, of media. And uh, that was kind of how it blew up. And so then I became community manager for about a year. Um, and I used to do all the marketing. And then in the past year, uh, I quit my day job and I've gone full time as producer. Congratulations. Congrats. So that's, yeah, that's, that's how it all came. Yeah. That's, that's freaking awesome. I know that's a long story, but it's a, it's a long no, story. No, that, it's, it's, <laughs> that's an awesome story. I'm I think it's yeah. exactly what, what people would want to hear. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. What a journey. Right. Uh, I'll say when I fire up Blade and Sorcery, one of the, <laughs> the biggest things about it is I see so much potential in it. As a big RPG yeah. fan, right? Uh, right now, it's it's the leading <clears throat> physics simulator, like combat simulator oh, by far. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially yeah. once we get into mods, which we'll get get more into after. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I see so much potential with it. So yeah. what what is the end vision with this game, and yeah. what are some what are some features that we can expect maybe in the near near future? Obviously, yeah. you know the end vision is going to be much different than what's coming in a year. So the long so here's a, here's the whole thing about here's something that people don't really know or think about 
when they think of bladed sorcery. When you think about bladed sorcery, um, you think about it like it's a sword fighting, uh, you know, magic VR game, like an action sword fighting game. And and that's not crazy because on you know you look on the Steam page and stuff, and it says you know action sword fighting fancy. And in fact, even our little tagline VR, um, you know, melee fighting and stuff like that, or VR melee sword fighting or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, that's not crazy. But technically, uh, Blade and Sorcery is not that game. It's actually a simulation game in disguise disguised as a sword fighting game and that's why every other game uh, that tries to kind of like mimic the blade and sorcery uh, formula with physics has a hard time because they can't get out of the, the mindset of thinking about it like an action game but it's not an action game it's a simulator it it's uh it's like um like think about like a flight simulator okay or like uh american truck sim or something like that like so or maybe not american truck sim, but like a flight simulator or something like that so when the Blade and Sorcery engine was 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 done. It was uh, built from the ground up to be a simulator sandbox first. And then secondly, the swords and the magic and all that stuff is tacked on. And then that's how it became an action game. So that's why you have all those little things you can do in Blade and Sorcery. Just small things uh, that no other game could do. Like... Uh, like choke slam your opponent, <laughs> choke slam your opponent. Yeah, grab him by the throat. You jump down a well. You slam or chop off a guy's head. You put that in a bucket and then you kick the bucket off. The <laughs> that's that, like that's not programmed into the game. That's just that's the simulation sandbox in effect. You're the one who said I'm going to put this head in a bucket and kick it off a cliff. We didn't say that. We just said here's the simulation. It's you possible. You it. It's possible. Yeah. So you, it's up to you. It's your your imagination is is the is the limitation. Um, so that's why it's a little bit different. So on that basis, um, the end goal for Blade and Sorcery will be this, you know, progression mode uh, that's going to tie into dungeons and stuff like that. There's going to be skills and loot and all that kind of stuff. It'll be far more gamey, uh, you know, in that kind of sense. But that's not where it ends, you see, because we're thinking the Blade and Sorcery engine is the foundation for all Warp Frog games in the future. So it'll be the same simulation, but instead of Swords of Magic, who knows? Could be anything. Could be guns. Could be sci-fi. Could be literally anything. And it'll still feel like Blade and Sorcery. You'll have all that same kind of tactileness and physics that you get with Blade and Sorcery. But the 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 you know the wallpaper is different. It'll look like a new setting. There'll be new features, new little things you can do. So I'm so excited. It's like time can't pass fast enough for me because we already are t- thinking about other games we could do in the future. Like we're brainstorming, and it's gonna be so exciting. The worst 20, part is done. The foundation is done, you know? No, that's genius. 2022 to 2030 is going to be huge <laughs> for, for Warp Frog. Oh my it God, could dude. be. It really could be, especially because, I mean, we're, we're doing great. I don't we think there's any could. Yeah, <laughs> thanks very much, yeah. Because this is just the beginning, you know what I mean? That's the best part. This is game number one. That's the best part. So, like, what a game number two be like? What a game number three be like? It's just great. No, so, that's, a, that's about the best news I think I could have heard. Regarding the future <laughs> yeah. of, of not just, you know, blade and sorcery, but actually yeah. it, it took have... me about five minutes of playing to realize that this is more simulation than anything else. Cause that's when yeah. that, that evil side of me seemed to come. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. It, you, you did like one or two quick runs through a dungeon and yep. then you went into the arena Yep, and then you got, <laughs> then I was posting pics of then you got violent people and stabbing yeah. them in spikes, just bonking their head off a hundred times, beating a dude with his own arm. 
Oh, That's yeah, so I, funny. That's it, so it was funny. just strange to see the yeah my my progression to that side was to the dark side. It was pretty quick. <laughs> do you know? Do you know the weird thing about it is uh, Cosby himself is not even a big violence guy. He's not like, uh, like you know the guys from like Blood Trail, that video game. Like those guys are like real into like gore and and snuff, and so they're trying to do like violence. But Cosby, it wasn't even trying to do violence. It just is inherently violent because of that kind of weird tactile effect. Like when you slam a guy's head in a spike, it's just like, oh, like it's just, uh, it's just this weird feeling. And then the second thing is, uh, it's so violent because, hey, that's on everyone else. <laughs> like, because as they say, like we give you the 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 tools, but no one's saying you should, you know, uh, chop the guy's head off and stick in the pike. No one's saying that, but people yeah, that, do. That's it. you. Yeah, that's I, you. That's you. That's on you. <laughs> see, I, but does but does anybody has anybody not? That's what. <laughs> Right. That's you know, what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say was that there's a, uh, it doesn't look great for humanity. <laughs> it's, no. like, it's like, but, but you play GTA, right? You play yeah, Grand Theft exactly. Auto. You're going to do things yeah, that just, yeah. you know, yeah. you would no, never exactly. do. I think, I think we admitted that. Exactly. We, we Actually, that's a, that's a great comparison because you're right. You could play GTA. You could go to speed limits in GTA, but Beat no up, one does, right? Yeah. Beat up strangers, hog tie them, you you're know, right. pour gasoline. I'm never going to do that in real oh, yeah. life. Red, but Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Ter- yeah hog tie somebody on the back of a, you're totally a horse. Right. But I've always wondered if maybe the immense violence is part of the reason that Cosby stays so anonymous. But non- non- nonetheless, <laughs> what what is your personal play style? You know, like how, how do you play? Do you have favorite weapons, favorite mods specifically? Uh, um, yeah. My, well, my, my play style, <clears throat> much like my YouTube videos, was, um, I mean, this is a dream come true for me. It's like, you know playing as a kid with sticks out the back garden, you know, sword fighting. So I love the whole swashbuckle kind of style. Like, you know, uh, that's like my favorite thing. I'm not, I don't care about the most efficient way to fight or the most tactical or the most realistic. I just like jumping around and just swashbuckling. Yeah, yeah, you know, parry this guy and phew, throw your sword, sticks in his stomach, pull a mace to your hand, bang, clonk this guy. And I, I just love that. I just love how crazy it all is. Um, so that's that's my big thing. And uh, actually, my YouTube followers, <laughs> they used to always laugh uh, in the comments saying uh, my, basically my commentary over playing was just a bunch of like exertion sounds like, hoo-ha, ha-ha, hoo-ha, you know, stuff like that. But uh, in weapons, um, you know, my favorite weapon is no longer in the game. I used to love the falchion. That was my favorite weapon. And I don't even know why it was removed from the game. Uh, now I love the, the, the short sword and the long sword. They're probably my favorite. Uh, I like the spear, and um, I'm wishing a day will come when we can add a bull whip into the game. That would be my favorite thing. That'd be nice. I'm just big like Indiana Jones fan, and I just oh man, I would love that. No, that'd um, be good. And then in mods, actually, there is a bull whip mod, and um, not perfect, but it's the best he can do. You know, given that he's modding with his hands tied behind his back. Um, I was enjoying that recently. Outer Rim Star Wars mod. I mean. Jesus, that's yeah. Uh, how do you go wrong with lightsabers? That's my oh, personal man. favorite. And the amount of uh, just effort that uh, that mother puts into that is—I consider that like an expansion pack to the game. It's so crazy. It's it's so well done and so um, well polished, perfectly suited to the blade and sword formula. Which again goes back to the whole thing. It's because it's a simulator, so a lot of things you're going to find in the future fit really well with this uh, engine we have. But um. Outer Rim is amazing. I love Medieval Mega Pack. That's uh, the mod with uh, like 100 weapons in it or 200 weapons or something crazy. Uh, I love that mod. And what's cool about that mod too is it adds weapons to the 
enemy. So you get a nice variety. I'm not sure if that mod's on Nomad, actually, now that I, now that I think about it. I think, I think it might be. Um, I was just I was just checking the mod list this morning. I think it might be. I think I saw medieval weapons. I think yeah. I don't know recently. if it'll. I don't know if it's the same exact or yeah. Or what? Hold that up as I'm just chatting here. But yeah, that that's that's a great one. Um, I know the uh, big question amongst the nomad community right now is uh, when is scripted mods going to arrive? Um, and what that is is um, basically any mod that has like a coding. Act aspect to it uh like for example uh quests or something like that not so much more like uh let's say you have a lightsaber and you push a button and the modder has it so you push the button and the lightsaber goes and turns on okay that kind of stuff like that would be like a coded effect like some uh, so that kind of stuff the problem with nomad at the moment is it just doesn't allow for those kind of mods so uh as a result the most complex mods haven't made it across the Nomad, including our Rim, for example. Um, and uh, we are working on that. So that's the biggest one. That's the biggest question. Moment. I'm just getting lashed out of it with messages from people being like, you know, do you have any idea? Do you have any idea when this is happening? Do you have any idea when it's coming out? Do you have any idea? And I keep telling people like, no, we don't. And they don't have any ballpark because it's it's a troubleshoot type of issue. So as soon as it's troubleshoot, sh- like shot or whatever you say, uh, then it's done. But how can you possibly tell when that'll be? It's, it's like uh, you know, it's like you're trying to answer a riddle. Well, how long will it take you to answer the riddle? Yeah, well, you guys, you guys, you guys have so much on your table right now. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, when the riddle is answered, it's answered. So I promise everyone that when I find out when scripted mods coming, I'll let everyone know. But the good news is we're working on it. So yeah, um, you're not ignoring it. It's it's totally it's on the list. Totally. So hopeful for that at the moment. Oh, I can't I can't wait for uh more features in this game to come out just for the modding community to go crazy. So example when you yeah. is ridiculous. Once you guys have yeah. skill progression and you guys have quests and yeah. you know you know the outer rim guy is gonna go add those to his or somebody else is <laughs> yeah. going to. You're gonna yeah. go be able to be a Jedi through skill progression. I'm gonna go lose my whole personal life being <laughs> so a Jedi. Great. And we're and we're trying to make it as moddable as possible too. You know, that's that's the thing. Like there's Sometimes you see, not not like always, but sometimes you see like devs of games, like flat games and stuff, and and they're scared. You know, I think a bit of modern communities, and maybe they see it like uh, like competition, maybe or maybe that you know a mod says something about their game. You know, like because you get you get mods that are like you know improved, blah blah, and maybe developers like, well, what do you mean improved? It's perfect as it is. You know, so you know, so some 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 studios they might see it as a challenge to them. Uh, but we never had that attitude because Cosby himself was a modder before he was a developer, and I'm obsessed with mods. Like mods are why I play PC. Uh, so we see we see it the complete opposite way. In fact, we see it like modders are incredible. They work for free on their own free time. You know, like that is mental. And all they do is they do it just for the like the, the cred. That's it. Just just so people are like, hey, awesome mod, and they're like, thanks, dude. Like, how good can you get? And and. We see it too as like modders add a ton of value to a game. No, I don't think I don't think developers can be offended by it. Look at Bethesda games, one of some of the mo- one of the most popular studios in the Absolutely. world. Their games are so moddable, and that's Absolutely. what makes them. The, the modders go in, they release a game full of bugs. Let's be honest, I love Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. be real. They yeah, release yeah. a game full of bugs and quality of life issues that exist in every one of their games. Yeah, and then the modding community comes in and goes, 
we can do this. Uh, we're gonna, and yeah. it's not that they're doing it better. It's just as developers, you guys got so much on your plate. And 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 when you take a Skyrim, you kind of think of mods, don't you? Yeah, like that's, that's part, what that's, makes the game that's so part good. of the package. Yeah, that's part of the package. It so, adds so much more playtime. I don't know if you've ever played like Mountain Blade. Uh, oh, I love it! Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, god. Totally. With, with with no mods, you don't get that same playtime. So all you're doing as a developer totally. by allowing mods is you're increasing the amount of time people are going to spend in your game. And how how is that a bad thing? Exactly. It's like you have a guy who says, I'm going to work on this game. I'm going to make free content for my fellow players. I'm going to release it for free. How can you have any problem with that? Like free. that is yeah. the greatest thing ever. And we have an insane mod community. Like on Nexus, I actually haven't checked it recently, but I think we were like number 12 or something on Nexus, which is completely bananas because first of all, we're tiny compared to flat games. Second, we're a VR game, and yet we're one of the most modded games there is. How crazy is that? If you didn't and have mods, you probably wouldn't have the subreddit and the Discord and the oh, community Reddit, following. Reddit and... is, it's like, they totally. might as well call it Blade and Sorcery. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I sign into Reddit, I swear to God, it's like video after yeah. video after video after video. I'm like, and you got, there's so many viral it. videos of it. It's like, totally. And this is it. So, so that's why it's like, you know, we recognize how amazing the mods are. Like, I enjoy playing them all the time. So we're trying to make the game as moddable as it possibly is, sh- just short of releasing it, like, as, a, you know, an open source, you know. So we try to make it just as moddable as possible. So like, when you guys were talking about the progression mode and skills and all that stuff, totally, like, all that is in mind. Um, and the same thing with the creatures. You know, uh, we, we, we revealed that we we're going to have custom creatures uh, in the game, and so uh, same deal. Try to make that as moddable as possible for uh, modders, so they can make their own custom creatures in the game. So I, imagine, I at, imagine that. I look at modders as almost like some of the people. I mean, it's a resume to an extent because there's there used to be. I mean, I'm going way back, probably more than 15 years, but there were games that were modded, and if you saw that name of the person drop it, you were on it. So I'm just assuming Dude, they went yeah. on to like some sort of tech career got noticed by somebody because the talent is real. Man, you're so right. In fact, we hired a bunch of our modders <laughs> to join our team. That's awesome. Because, so, yeah, it's like, totally, totally. Yeah, why totally. have the ego and go, oh, my God, they're doing something better than me? Screw them. No, if they're doing something good that you're not able to. Hire them. Yeah, pay them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally, they, have, totally. they obviously enjoy it. Oh, that's an awesome, that's an awesome. Yeah. And with custom yeah. creatures, you're telling me I can face Darth Vader if somebody makes it? You could maybe even crazier things like one, there's one guy, a I think dragon, he's the first dragon. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think he's the first guy to make a custom creature and he's working on like a Drake at the moment. It's crazy. That's so right, the lifespan. I, I feel like we're going to enter a second, you know, modern renaissance, you know, when mothers really get their teeth sank into these custom creatures. There's no documentation at the moment. So that's the biggest hindrance for them. But when we get that out to them and they get modern custom creatures, oh man, we're going to see crazy shit. Like, you know skeletons and stuff you know orcs maybe there's one guy who's doing like a lord of the rings uh total conversion mod like yes like give me that that i would like that would be amazing all right so here's here's a good question because in scruffles had mentioned it before vr is exploding right now i the progression for the next 10 years is probably going to be insane with technology coming out what's the best advice you think you could give someone who's probably younger and going you know i mean back in the day it was like oh, i want a flat screen program or code or make flash games that mm. was pretty popular so what's the best advice you'd give somebody who's like i, I want to get into the vr 
programming and, and do a game. Mm-hmm. As like a developer. Yeah. Cause the, I mean, it's a smaller market, you know, overall, but it's an exploding market. So yeah, yeah you recommend uh, college, you know, uh, unity tutorials or is, is it a little mm-hmm. out of your field as you know, the community manager? Uh, well, I'll tell you something. The, the, the one thing I'd say, okay, is that you would be shocked how small the talent pool is in VR right now. So if you're someone who's coming out and you're like a good talented guy and you're, you want to work in the VR space, I think you have a really good chance at being snapped up by one of these VR studios because it's a, it's a bit like the Wild West right now. Like everyone who's working uh, in the video game industry, they're also you know the overwhelmingly flat screen game. So when we were hiring like crazy, and the majority of interviews I was doing with people was like, uh, you know, no, I've not played Blade and Sorcery. No, I don't know what Blade and Sorcery is. No, I'm not really into VR. And that, you know, it's like, that kind of sucks because it's like, well... Not going to work. Yeah, it's not so great. Like, you know, so if you were someone who came in and you're like, hey, I know, say, Unity or Unreal sometimes, uh, and uh, and I'm obsessed with VR. I recommend to those people, let that be known. Let your passion for VR be known because if we're developing VR, you better believe that we're passionate about it because we have everything going against us. Like, the market is small. It's really hard to make money. You know what I mean? It's... So if you're a VR developer, you can be sure that that VR developer is obsessed with VR. So if you're an employee, a potential employee, you should make sure you communicate you're also obsessed with VR. And I think that's the biggest advice I could give um, for being hired. And then if you're going to go and make your own game, I get this question all the time because people always message me saying, what is the trick? Like, as if there's a trick. Like, what is the trick, <laughs> the trick. to uh, marketing? <laughs> What's the magic? Yeah, what's, what is it? And it's like... The funniest thing is, as stupid as this is, the, the trick is that there's no trick. That's the trick. Uh, the trick is to be... Uh, Hardworking, uh, put open. time into yeah. it. Uh, be open with your community. Be honest with your community. Don't bullshit your community. And don't fuck over your community. That's the other thing. Uh, and and, and a, a community building is a huge component of VR games uh, because we don't have the benefit of like normal flat games where it's like, you know, you've got whatever, 10 million people are going to just randomly come by your Steam page. And, you know, you might get sales. We don't have that luxury. So we have to go out and build our communities. And the only way to build communities is to engage with them. So uh, that's the big thing I always say to people. I always say to them, too, that if you can, hire a community manager. I know that's really hard if you're, like, a single developer. But if you have, like, a mate or something who's, like, good at that, like, just call in a favor. Because I think it's a – I always think it's a bad idea if a developer is his own community manager. Because I think they're a bit – too, too in the, the yeah, too close in the, the yeah. It's like yeah. their child, yeah. It's yeah, like saying something yeah. about their kid, yeah. So and, and you know, you know, the internet is you'll always get salty comments out of nowhere. So someone comes along with some salty uh, comment, and then a developer who's very passionate about the amount of work he's put in this game will say something, but that shit sticks forever. You know, like yeah. uh, he says that, and then that's out there forever. And it might have just been a fleeting moment of anger from, but now it's there forever. And you know, you get like you get you get painted with things like that, you know. So if you have a community manager acting as a little buffer, uh, that is great. And I also uh, another thing, by the way, I always say this: okay, the community manager shouldn't be some kind of like pit bull. He shouldn't be like <laughs> defending developer. He should be the middle ground, communicating developers' thoughts to the fans, the fans' thoughts to the developer. So instead of developer just absorbing some comments like "this game sucks" and "I hate you." The community manager can soften it and say, hey, some fans are upset about blah, blah, blah. I, mean, I, just, I just think it's smoother. 
So uh, that's that's a big thing, community building. And then this is the this is the golden uh, grail of marketing is that you gotta have a shtick. You gotta have something that you're selling that no one else is selling. And uh, I think that's really hard uh, for a lot of developers because you know they work on something for maybe a year or two, and if they were being hand on heart honest uh, about their game, you know, can they really say that the game has something unique or novel? That they're offered because at the end of the day, consumer has you know hundreds of choices. Even if you are, the consumer has a bunch of choices. So why should I buy your little game and not this other game? What do you have that some other VR games doesn't have? Maybe a more established VR game doesn't have, you know? And uh, that's a really hard question because developers work in their game for years and they feel very strongly about it. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm just a consumer buying a product, I don't care how hard you've worked on a game. And that's hard, you know, that's hard to hear, but it's true. So uh, you got to think about it. You got to think, what is the innovation that your game is bringing? Otherwise, if it's just like a, you know, a clone of a different game, why would a person buy a clone? You know, they would just buy the real thing, you know? So I, that, that's about the fairest answer you yeah. could give. And I think sometimes yeah. that, that is really smart to have somebody who's not the developer be the, the community manager. Sometimes yeah. it's, hard, it's hard for a developer to see what's a legitimate complaint and what is just internet trolling and, and solve yeah. developers should focus on developing yeah but yeah, i say that yeah. i say that tongue-in-cheek because half the developers we've talked to from app lab are you know one to three studio so it's like they're doing everything totally. their hustle is their hustle at that moment is like of course they'd probably love to have a community man especially yeah. a good one you know go out there and but the, you know well i think it's i think we see a lot of games so they 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 build these discord communities i see a lot of even app lab games have you know three five hundred people on their discord mm-hmm. You find that that one passionate guy who loves your game, mm-hmm. and you know, case in yeah. point, case in point, you, the Baron. Uh, yeah, that, that was <laughs> yeah. exactly that was exactly me. So it doesn't doesn't always yeah. have to be a paid thing right away either. You just yeah. there's some people who just love love that totally. shit. You know, that was it. That was it. Yeah, that, that was literally me. I just loved it so much. And again, why did I love it? Because I had some innovation that another game had. So if your game is that game and it has something that another game has, you will find those people who are like, I just want to be part of this, no matter what. And um, there you go. And I just, I just think it adds a ton of value to have a community manager. And uh, and you know what? I think the fans like it too because um, I, I carried over my same YouTube philosophy to community management, which was uh, uh, no clickbait, just, uh, <laughs> no Hon- clickbait. honest, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, no that, bullshit, that's, no lies. That's true. That's true. But no, the other thing I was going to say was that um, I do my damnest to respond to every single comment I see. Um, and the reason is because I think in this age of internet, we all kind of forget that we're real people. You know, we're all just our user handles. And uh, I respond to every single comment because, even the mean ones, okay, because <laughs> I want them to know that there's a real person on your side. And second, I know that you're a real person. And I acknowledge you. Even if, if, even if all I'm acknowledging is you saying, hey, you're horrible and I hate you. And then I, and I type back, uh, really sorry to hear it. That really hurt my feelings. And then you'll find a lot of times that people are like, "Oh, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Didn't mean to say that. I was just having a tough day." And then I'll respond, "Hey, no problem, man. It's all good." And it's like little things like that add a lot. Or someone says, "Um, you know, they they leave your comment saying, uh, you know, I think you should add blah 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 blah. Even just a little comment to say, "Hey, cool idea, man," or you know, "Oh, that's cool. I hadn't thought of it." Or something like that. It just goes a long way, I think, for for people, and they feel like they're being heard and acknowledged and i think that's important when you're building communities 
No, I, th- I think that just adds to one of the reasons why the community for this game is so freaking huge. Yeah, and, and what yeah. you said is is honest. You go on your your Discord, you go on your subreddit, you see you posting, you see you responding to comments, critiques, mm. anything. You you're always seeing the Baron. You know, mm. you're always there. So yeah, people always up. say t- <clears throat> people always say about uh, you know I'm I'm always repeating myself, which I am. I'm always answering the same questions again, 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 again. But uh, I try not to be salty about it and I'm never mean to people about it because I always try and give people the benefit of doubt, which is that not assuming that everyone is like, uh, you know, evil or, you know, or like, or not that everyone is out to cause trouble or everyone's a jerk or anything like that. So if someone comes along and they post, Hey, how do I mod nomad or something like that? It's like, okay, well, there's the auto mod is telling you there's a bunch of pinned threads telling you there's like a million uh, other threads talking how to mod with pictures and blah 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 but I'm going to come along anyway and I'm going to talk to you like this has never been spoken before and the reason is because that could just be some kid who came in and he's just excited to play the game and he's not big into reddit and he just comes in he just wandered in he's like hey guys how do I mod this game you know he's just he's full of beans and you know it'd be easy to get mad at him because you're like dude why didn't you just search like you know why didn't you just look, look up the answer yourself but try not to think of it that way. Just try and think of it as the best intentions. He's just some excited guy who's just coming in, can't wait to play, can't wait to mod. And so let's make this a nice experience for him, you know. So that's, that's, awesome. where, that's where I'm coming with that. No, that, that that's really cool. And uh, I kind of off-topic question, but you you mentioned a, a little bit before, uh, you know, working with the Oculus QA team and all <laughs> that. Overall, what's it been like to work with Oculus through the whole process of getting it onto the Quest? Have they been very communicative? Has it kind of been a lot left in the dark, or has it been nothing but positive yeah. things? Uh, it was it was good. It was a really positive experience. And um, so we had like, uh, for I me, mean, first of all, everyone I worked with personally has been super nice. And um, you know, they're just people like just normal, you know, VR enthusiasts. And I say that because you know, when we think of like Facebook, we think of like big evil corporation. But at the end of the day, the the people who are on the ground like working are just normal dudes. You know, so that's cool. Uh, the QA team were great. They were really thorough, really, uh, really polite, really civil and stuff. That was real nice. Um, and then we had like a, a person who this who was kind of like our, uh, what would be the word, like kind of like touch base person. And uh, he was great. He was always uh, kind of guiding us through and holding our hand. And he was awesome. And then me, I interacted a lot with the, the marketing people um, because, you know, for the connect and stuff like that. And they needed like a lot of like assets and stuff. Those guys are awesome too. Real civil, real, real uh, kind, and real cooperative and stuff. So yeah, it was a good experience. It was a it was a tough experience, and um, because that QA is no joke. That's that's something. And it, if if you went through it, you would understand why so many things are on App Lab. Uh, but uh, but the actual people working, oh, awesome, really really nice. So no, nothing but good experience with them. That's awesome. So we're. we're- we're approaching an hour. Uh, I, I usually don't like to go too much over that. I know you guys' time is, is nice and short. I just have, you know, one that or two more questions. Valuable. Right? <laughs> you guys are usually burning at beyond both ends. Talk about four <laughs> ends, right? Uh, yeah. So just a couple couple things I like to ask, you know, pretty much everybody we, we interview. Uh, mm-hmm. What was your first VR experience? First VR experience. Let me think about that. It was, uh, I had DK2 and... I don't know if it counts, but it was, uh, do you remember the old DK2? Uh, it was like a, a little thing. It was like a room. Yeah. So it was just like a, a little table in front of you. And it was like a plant, I think, or something like that. I think that, that was the first like VR thing. And uh, 
I was blown away. I just, oh man, I, I just, I couldn't get over. Like, I felt like I could tell, okay, this desk is four feet long. It's three feet wide. It's, you know, three feet off the ground. It's like, my brain was just exploding with that. So that was the first thing I, I literally, that was literally the first thing I played. Um, and then I think I played like a couple of demos and stuff like that. And I was like, that's amazing. <clears throat> the first thing I think I played where it knocked my socks off uh, was, well, two things. Robo Recall, where I was like, this is, I can never, after playing that, I was like, I can never go back to a first person shooter. I'll <laughs> ever again. And, and then the other one was uh, uh, Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades. And I think that was the first game for me that I played where I thought to myself, VR can be something more than a gimmicky, uh, like it doesn't have to be arcadey because that game was like a gun simulator. And uh, yeah, I played that and I was just like the amount of depth in it, uh, which maybe makes sense why I was so interested in playing the Sorcery thing because uh, that game kind of has that same vibe to it. But yeah, I played that. I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is this is crazy. Like you can load in each bullet. You know, it's like you can spin the chamber. You can toggle your safety on that. It just has all this small attention to detail. And that was when I was like, okay, there's more to VR than just like arcade experiences. This can be something bigger. So that would be it for me, I'd say. No, that's that's freaking awesome. So uh, you know, I just want to thank you again for your time. Uh real quick before we before we let you go, do you want to plug your, you know, your YouTube channel, maybe the communities for Blade and Sorcery? Yeah, sure. If if you're trying to keep up with Blade and Sorcery news, uh for PC anyway, uh Steam is always the place that we post like the latest news, but I always cross-post them to uh, the subreddit, uh, Blade and Sorcery. Uh, we're also on Twitter, uh, at Blade and Sorcery. And uh, my YouTube, if anyone's interested, is uh, The Baron uh, on YouTube. And uh, I used to do all games, but as of the last years, it's pretty much exclusively Blade and Sorcery because I work in the game so much that I just don't really have time to do videos anymore as a luxury, so... Uh, that's where I would always post like Blade and Sorcery video news. So that would be, that, those would be the best places. And then the Discord, of course, which I can't think of the link for it. <laughs> but if you, but if you uh, Google Blade and Sorcery Discord, you'll find it. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it on the Reddit in the, the oh, Steam page yeah. as well. It's funny. I, I used to like to ask people, you know, what other games do you guys play and what do you do in your spare time and stuff like that? But sometimes it's a dark question because it's like, oh, I don't really have time to play <laughs> other games. And unfortunately, yeah. I don't really have time for my hobbies right now. I'm just, you know, do, doing everything. So we, we definitely appreciate, you know, you taking a an hour out of your time. And to our listeners, sure. if, if if you've played Blade and Sorcery, you know, be sure to go on the, the store, drop it that five star review because it makes a huge, huge difference. Uh, and if you haven't checked out Blade and Sorcery yet, Give I don't know. What, I don't know. I don't know what you're waiting on. It'll but, bring the best to you. I oh, yeah. You. <laughs> it'll, it'll bring out the best character. Yeah. So I hope yeah. you guys enjoyed this interview. And uh Thank you again to the Baron. Stay tuned for Wednesday. We're reviewing the the slow-mo VR sword fighting game, Iron Lights, and check us out then.